This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The most recent season of Survivor ended up leading to significant changes for the future. For the first time, a a contestant was removed from the show for inappropriate behavior. Dan Spillo was removed from the show for contact not appropriate with one of the other contestants, Kelly Kim. The events drew quite a bit of attention in the world of entertainment, but again, highlight the male-female dynamic in a quote-unquote workplace setting, even one on a reality TV show on an island thousands of miles away. Kelly Kim joins us right now. By the way, she is also a Wharton School graduate. Kelly, great to have you with us today. Hey, great to be here. Thank Thanks you for having me. Thank you. We have uh, many people have heard about what occurred through the through the course of time, but if you can take us back through what exactly occurred between you and Mr. Spalo. It's sort of funny. Uh, I think that the narrative has sort of become a Kelly and Dan situation, where really this is a story about multiple women uh, speaking up in various ways over the course of time. Ultimately, uh, you know, someone where I wasn't even there, uh, someone uh, in in the game uh, who, you know, spoke up and as a result, Dan was removed. Um, And so this isn't really just about me and Dan. It's about, um, you know, many, many people speaking up over time. There's a pattern of behavior. And how many other instances did you find, uh, did you hear about with uh, with Mr. Spillo? Um, you know, I, it's not right for me to talk about other people's stories. Okay. Um, I have to, uh, I have to respect the privacy of others who, uh, just because I think in many ways that privacy was not afforded to me. Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so I, I can really only talk about my own experience, but, I, you know, it is important to note that it wasn't just me and there, there were many other people along the way. And I, I saw an interview that, that you had done with another uh, outlet where you talk about the fact that uh, after this all occurred and, and one of the last shows that, that occurs every season with Survivor is a, uh, is a get-together, uh, I guess, a couple of months after the show concludes. Uh, mm-hmm. And you had some concerns about, I guess, even being there at that point, correct? Yeah, I mean, I had to fight for these things. I had to fight for the freedom to speak uh, freely about this issue. I had to fight uh, for these changes to be made. And, um, you know, um, I think it's been a learning experience for everyone from the cast to the crew to, you know, production to CBS all across the board. Um, and so, you know, ultimately I did get the freedom to say what I wanted to say, but, you know, it, that definitely took some time. So what that thought process about these potential types of issues was it not a, a, a was it not a consideration by either the production company or CBS in general prior to to what occurred during this last season? Uh, I don't fully understand your question. Well, did they well did they have it? Did they have a structure in place? to be able to deal with a, a situation like this, mm-hmm. it, 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 did they already yeah. have that in place? Or is this something new now that they are adding because of what had occurred during this show? This is a, a 100% new. If there were structures in, in place, they were not communicated to us. And, you know, my impression was they also weren't really communica- communicated to the crew either. Or at least even if these structures existed, they weren't real structures in place where people felt like they could go and have these outlets um, and make formal complaints. And so, you know, these changes are really important because it's not just 
the cast that needs to protect, be protected. It's the crew members as well. You know, the crew members are out there for two sure. months, you know, in close quarters. And, you know, it's not the same thing, but, you know, I, I got lucky in a lot of ways. I had the advantage of cameras. Um, most people, most women, you know, anyone that goes through something like this, most people don't have the advantage of that. Um, and I had, you know, many witnesses uh, for many of the incidences uh, and also the cameras. So that was very helpful. Right. And, and I would imagine that, you know, since this all occurred, you probably have received just a, a, an outpouring of support uh, for what you and the other women went through during this uh, during this uh, situation, during this season of Survivor. And I would imagine this, again, brings up, as I mentioned, the, the narrative about looking at the dynamic of male-female in a workplace setting. Yeah, I think. I mean, the the support has been incredible. The number of messages and tweets and DMs and emails and texts has been incredible. Um, but I, just sort of interesting to think about is the number of men and, I guess, not women who have messaged me about going through something like this, um, you know, whether it's inappropriate touching, sexual harassment, sexual assault, like the entire gamut of things is was actually really, really surprising to me. I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, a lot of times we think of this as a male-female issue, but that's not necessarily always the case. Um, and, you know, I do think it's a really important issue that a lot of people could relate to, not just what happened and the inappropriate touching, but all of the things that happened afterwards. Um, you know, a lot of times that can be one of the things that sort of reopens this wound over and over and over again. How, how then has this impacted you? And obviously that's part of it, but how has this impacted you in the months since, uh, since this all occurred? And, and, and how do you think you can use this experience a, as something that can hopefully help you grow? And, and I'll get into the business side of it as a second, but how you can grow moving forward in, in your professional career. You know, I I don't know the answer to that question. If you have the answers, please let me know. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't go on Survivor to be a part of anything like this. I thought it was going to be, you know, a fun thing that I did that was kind of intense. And, you know, you're hungry. Um, and then you go to a party and it's a good story, at, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and so I certainly, you know, wanted to break down some stereotypes, but not in this way. Not, uh, you know, not as an advocate for inappropriate touching and, um, you know, all the things that come after it. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not really sure, you know, I am a professional and I have a career that I'm trying to build. And, and so, you know, that's, you know, I do want to focus on that. And, and that career hopefully is going to, what are you doing right now? And, and uh, where, where do you hope to go professionally in your career? I'm in real estate. And so I'm hoping to, I guess, build my real estate career. Uh, I live in L.A. now. What was the experience like for you at Wharton since we're here at your former institution? <laughs> um, Wharton was an amazing experience. Um, it was two years of really just getting to know amazing, amazing people and afforded the opportunity for a lot of self-reflection. And I think um, you know, there were a lot of things that were, I think, translated into some of the classes that I was learning at Wharton into into Survivor. You know, you, you have sort of mentioned how what happened in Survivor is something that, you know, oftentimes happens in the workplace. You know, yeah. it happens at schools, communities, wherever it might be. And, you know, a lot of the dynamics that happen in Survivor happen, again, in the workplace, schools, 
you know, whether it's positive or negative. Um, and so understanding those dynamics, those power dynamics, the way that a group interacts, um, but, you know, are a lot of the things that I was thinking about at school uh, that translated very well to the game. But it's seemingly a unique dynamic to be able to have those correlations to what some of the elements you may have learned here at Wharton when you're doing it on an island, when you're in <laughs> physical challenges every day, when you're struggling to eat, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it, I, I can't imagine what that dynamic was like for you. Yeah. I think that's a really good point where, you know, survivor isn't just like a normal thing. Uh, you're, you're hungry, you're starving, you're alone. You don't know who to trust. Uh, not just, and I'm not just talking about the cast, it's the crew. Uh, you're living outside, you're just totally put outside of your comfort zone. Um, you're on a deserted island, really. Um, and even though there's lots of people around, emotionally, you know, you, you're really on a deserted island. Um, and so the amount of stress and tension I think that each player has sort of adds to uh, the group dynamics and, and enhances, let's say, people's personalities and sort of where they go under stress. I have to ask, so you do this experience and you're on this island for two months and then you get done. What was the first thing you did when you got got off that island? I would imagine maybe a great meal was probably the first thing you would do. Yeah, that. so um, in the game, you go from being in the game to another island uh, called Ponderosa. And on the boat there, you order as much food as you want. So I had this amazing meal. And then as soon as, uh, you know, the entire game was over, we all flew back to L.A. LA. My boyfriend picked me up, and I met my family, and we went straight to Korean barbecue, which was great. <laughs> I was like, I need something different. <laughs> yeah. Then taking that part of the experience on Survivor, how do you think doing all of these physical challenges and having uh, your your personality you know tested and your strength tested in the way you did how has that element of it impacted you in your professional career now you know in many ways i don't know if it has directly impacted my professional career i think you know it is in the media in a lot of places but unless someone knows me they would have to connect two and two um and so I haven't really seen any impact yet. Uh, you know, if there is any impact, I hope it's positive. Yeah. But I, I guess time will tell. Or if there is negative impact, I'm likely not to know about it. Um, I have thought about this a lot, by the way, because this is definitely a concern. And I think this is a concern for anyone who decides to speak up is there are always repercussions. Um, and, you know, I was talking to someone about it, and there aren't always repercussions because someone is saying, I'm going to fire you because you spoke up. You know, that link yeah. oftentimes isn't there. But when you do speak up, what you're doing is you become the deviant of a group, right? You are sort of stretching the group norms into something different. And a group can either accept what you're doing and saying um, and change the group norms or, you know, they have to kick you out of the group. And they can find many different excuses to do that. Um, and there are many reasonings to do that. And some are valid reasons and some may not be valid reasons. You know, I'm sure it's a case-by-case -case situation. Um but, you know, that, that is definitely the fear of speaking up. And that's something that I certainly feared, you know, not just in the game, because to me, the game of Survivor, it's just a game. Um, yeah. But really in, in my life, 
but the other part to it is also you're doing this in this in this era that we are in right now of social media. And obviously, when you're on the island, you you, you don't know uh, anything that might be posted on social media. But then you get done with the show, and they're getting all the post production ready for the show to air. And you probably start to hear a lot of these things on, on social media. That also has to be a challenging dynamic as well. You know what's funny is that. Th- Survivor does a really good job of keeping a pretty tight lid on things. And so I think there are a couple leaks here and there, maybe within past players. But I think the Survivor viewership was really kind of blindsided, just totally slapped in the face uh, with this entire episode of all of this unfolding. Um, you know, there was really no warning. There were there were no uh, notices for hotlines or access to resources or, or things like that. And so... Um, I think people were really, really jarred to the core. And as a result of that, the backlash on social media for, you know, what happened, um, how it was handled, you know, the entire gamut of things uh, was really, really intense for a good week and really carried on throughout the entire season. And I think in many ways, you know, overshadowed the season. And I have to say that, you know, I really, really fought for this change. Um, I really fought for the right to speak freely, uh, but it was, at the end of the day, all of the people on Twitter and Instagram and people who wrote letters to CBS, you know, um, com- complaining and say, outraged and saying, this is not okay, this is not something that we're going to stand for. And I think, you know, I don't know this if this would have even been aired, I mean, I know this wouldn't have been aired 10 years ago um, in, in the way that it, that it was, and I don't think the people who were watching would have understood it for what it was maybe i i don't know um but i think that we're in a really unique time and place where people can see this and say hey like even if i haven't been through something like this like i understand and this is not okay you know but unfortunately you know there are a, a really really large number of people who have been through something like this kelly thank you very much for your time today good luck in your career and uh next time you're you're in philadelphia please uh, let us know we'd love to meet up face to face thanks very much Thank you so much. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.